Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. Well, welcome to In Awe by Bruce. According to the World Health Organization, they state that mental disorders affect one in four people around the world. And today on In Awe by Bruce, we have Cristobal Cruzen, and he is an author, writer, and director of films and television. And it's amazing to me, he has led productions in more than 20 countries, and that means the languages and everything that goes with it. He's best known for films like Final Solution, Undotted, or Sabina K. His most recent film, and it's a book too, Let Me Have My Son, comes out on a streaming platform May 24th. And you can find all the information on that at uh, letmehavemyson.com. I'll tell you all about the, the movie as well as the book. And from the trailer, I can tell you it's a very powerful movie. Chris, welcome to In Awe by Bruce. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Glad to have you on. And probably best place to start would be what inspired you to do this movie and this book? What inspired me was the reality of dealing with my son's mental illness. And it was severe mental illness. So it's sort of a, an adjective, the severe part of it that I have come to learn it is just so, makes everything so difficult because severe mental illness is often, there's not typically any way of a solution or an end in sight to it all. It's just lifelong and yeah. very, very difficult. But it's not something I wanted to do. It's something that I would have to say I was called to do in the sense that two reasons, really. One, uh -huh. I wanted to share my son's life with the world when he was 17 years old, around that age, and began developing this illness, which was diagnosed as schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder. Mm. He was uh, basically snatched out of the world like he was kidnapped. He was covered over in a shroud. He was locked away. And that promising young life was just dimmed. You could almost say extinguished. Yeah. And father, I, I, I don't want that uh, for any of my children, right? I want them to find their place in the world and have a good life and be known and know others and have a role in society and so forth and so on. And I wasn't going to just go quietly into the night. I wanted the world to know and in some respects celebrate my son, whose name is Daniel. The other reason that I made the film was that I felt I could help other people who might be going through something similar. And you can feel just so alone in a situation like this, because if your child breaks a bone, will you take him to the doctor, the hospital, and they they have a procedure for repairing it, right? Fixing it. Mm -hmm. And some months later, your kid is <laughs> back to normal, running around. But mental illness is it's it's invisible in some respects, and it's still a mystery in so many ways for medical science that Solutions can be elusive, 
Yeah. So I felt and do feel, believe that in telling this story, I can help others understand that they're not alone in their struggle, mm. that they can especially find comfort in knowing that God is with them and watching over them and their loved ones. I'll tell you quickly story about um, Eric Clapton, the great guitarist, when his son Connor fell out of a window yeah. in Manhattan, right? To fell like 40 stories or something to his death. He was just a child of three or four. I don't know the age exactly. Yes. But it was that tragedy <laughs> that led a Harry Clapton to create that beautiful song. About Tears in Heaven. Tears of he in Heaven, right? Yes. That was the direct result of the tragedy that occurred to him. And he won all these awards for this beautiful song. But, but what would he rather have had, his son or the awards? Well, obviously, he would rather have had his son, right? But Correct. the point is, is that blessings can flow out of brokenness. And if our brokenness can bring healing to other people, well, maybe that's why God allows it to happen in our lives. And we have to trust him with that, I think. Yeah, that reminds me kind of what Paul says, and I think it's Second Corinthians, that the compassion that he has is built upon the everything that's happened to him gives him that compassion for other people. And the same thing that happened to the Lord, all that he went through. And he, I think he kind of directs us towards sharing that compassion with others. Yes. Yes. We're told to weep with those who weep. Yeah. How does your relationship with Jesus and uh, everything affect your day-to-day -day living with this? Mm. Well, you know, it's, this whole experience, which has been going on now for, I want to say, 24 years plus, mm -hmm. uh, because there was mental illness and other aspects of my family life that affected our family. There was a fair amount of dysfunction in the home. Uh, it's been so many years. My son Daniel is now 40, so he's suffered from schizophrenia for 23 years, though he's doing better now, I will say. That's Good. We can touch on later if you like. Uh, sure. He has improved. It's been so pervasive. <laughs> and as you say, you know, daily life, It's it's been in my daily life. I'm not sure I'm fully aware. Uh, but what I do believe and can say unequivocally is that it's kept me close to God. Uh, this suffering, this mm. these trials have kept me close to God. Not unlike, I think, when Jesus turned to his disciples and said, are you guys going to leave me too? <laughs> and Peter said to him, well, Lord, where else would we go? We, we have nowhere else to go. We don't want to go anywhere else. We, we, we will stay with you, yes. And I cannot conceive of where else I would go. Uh, the Lord is my greatest comfort. And this is no comparison. He's my greatest comfort. He's the comforter. You know, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. Mm -hmm. Chris, what would you say for somebody who maybe had an opposite reaction and, and is angry with God? Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to tell you, I can understand that aspect too, because uh -huh. I got angry with God at a, at a certain stage through all of this. You have to understand, my son Daniel was such a, a beautiful child of handsome young man, a great athlete, 
his high school basketball coach said he had dollar signs on his feet. <laughs> you know? He was, he was a, an amazing athlete. Uh-huh. And uh, this may sound like a, a father who's bragging, but really, no, I'm not. When I say that he easily would have played college sports, easily. And who knows, possibly professional sports. That's how gifted he was. Wow. And when he lost his mind, it, it just changed everything. I remember, well, the police had come to the house because he had been in a neighbor's yard with our dog and wouldn't leave when the neighbor asked him to leave. The neighbor had no tact, but I can't blame the neighbor. You know, Daniel was in his yard, sort of camping out in the guy's yard and quite happy and content. But when the neighbor got in his face about it, he pushed the guy, the neighbor, and then came home and the, the neighbor called the police. The police tracked him down to the house. They talked to him. And when they saw that he was kind of agitated and one of the two police said, um, are you on meds, you know? And, and he, he kind of panicked uh, as they were leading him to the squad car. They were going to give him a psychiatric evaluation. He just took off down the street. Uh, and this was the middle of summer, yeah. Virginia, hot day. It was July 4th, actually. And there was this straight street, and he just went running down that street. And it was he looked like an Olympic sprinter uh-huh. on the street. But what was happening? He was not in the Olympics, running away from the police down the wrong street. And in that moment, it entered into my heart a bitterness and an anger. And I said, this is what I get? This is what I get for serving you, Lord? Yeah. I became a Christian at the age of 29. Uh-huh. And I had had a very different life. And when I gave my life to Christ, it was all in, man. <laughs> And my son followed after my conversion. I mean, he was dedicated to Christ from the womb. Wow. So what is this? What is this? And and I was angry. I was angry. And I don't know how long I stayed angry. Months, I guess. But perhaps a bit like one of the psalmists, right? There are psalms that are really an unburdening of grief and lament and complaints. (laughs) Right. But, But the psalmist... Typically, I, don't, I can't think of any psalm, maybe there's one or two, finds his way back to the place where he says, and yet you, Lord, you know it all. I trust in you. I praise you and worship you. The psalmist finds his way back to that place of peace and surrender, perhaps resignation, but trust in God. Right. I eventually found my way back. <laughs> if, if you're caught up in an angry time or bitter, I would just say, uh, well, what can I say? Maybe I wouldn't say anything except just hang in there, be patient, and the Lord has not abandoned you. That's what I learned anyway. The Lord never abandoned me. He never abandoned me. Wow, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. You were talking about your son, Daniel. Let, let's talk about what all did you do to to help, but how did he get better at this point in his life? Great question. I would say one of the main reasons he's gotten better, and this is going to sound so almost silly to say. Yeah, okay. He's been kept in isolation all these years, and for the last 23 years, except maybe two years, over 21 years, he was kept in isolation. And two years ago, they decided, well, let's see if he'll do better with a roommate. And lo and behold, This roommate, also a mentally ill 
a young man. Yeah. They've been living there together as roommates at the state hospital here in Minnesota, mm-hmm. where I'm living currently as well. And Daniel has just shown remarkable improvement because oh. I would say of that human interaction that he's been able to have. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds so obvious, right? But Right, yeah. It, 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 that's been a huge, a huge factor in it all. Huh. Possibly, too, the fact that he's older. You know, he's 40 years old now, so he's not perhaps, you know, uh, that rambunctious young man with the raging hormones, which only would have complicated the mental illness. Yeah. Undoubtedly, that's part of it. But I would say that dimension of the human connection has been huge. And the young man that he's living with has had his episodes and tantrums and all kinds of things from what they tell me. And yet uh, Daniel's been doing very well. And I've said to Daniel, now you you see, Daniel, your roommate, he has a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Or Daniel has a mental illness too. But, but Daniel says, yes, yes, Dad, I know. He has a mental illness. I said, well, so try to show patience and try to have some um, compassion with him and um, try to help him as best you can. Yes, Dad, I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> and he does. You know, So that's a huge part of it all, I would say. And then the final thing I would say is that yeah. the book, which is a collection of prayer letters that began back in 2001, he answered. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know, we want God to answer us like right now, you know, like little children. We, you know, we yeah. can't wait another minute. But but to God's ways are not our ways. Can you oh. share with us maybe some of the answered prayers? Sure. Well, we just received word not quite a week ago that Daniel has been granted a provisional discharge from oh. the state mental hospital where he has been for 12 years. And when I say the state mental hospital, that's a lockdown facility. Wow. And he's improved to the extent that everybody says... Uh, Time for you to move on to a better life. And so he's going to live in a group home. Wow. Yeah, much closer to where I live with my family here. And we'll be able to see him. And Wow. And have home. My wife will make home-cooked meals for him. And oh. his younger brother will come and play the piano on the keyboard. We'll probably go play basketball. He'll come over here to the house for Sunday dinner. I don't know. It's just a whole new world sort of opening for us. Wow, praise God. Yes. You know, I want to go back to something you said earlier, because it struck me when you talked about the relationship and him getting the roommate and how things went better and some of the things that you've said to him. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of what you said earlier about having a role. And here he has a role now. There's, There's maybe somebody else that he can share things with, but also add that kindness and empathy and the understanding that he has from where he's coming from. You're making a great point. It's almost prophetic, I want to say, what you're saying, because the last time I visited Daniel, he's still at the hospital. He hasn't yeah. discharged yet. The last time I visited him, I was kind of looking ahead myself, and I was saying, thinking of the movie coming out and people wanting perhaps to know more about him or send him a letter or just have some exchange with him in the future. And I was saying, Daniel, if someone were to write you a letter asking for prayer, yeah, would you be willing to pray for them? Or if somebody wanted to meet you even, 
because they have struggles in their life and they're hoping that you would pray with them or talk with them, would you be willing to do that? And he said, sure, Dad. He wow. said, I'll pray, I'll pray for them. <laughs> I'll pray for them. Wow. That is great. So he is now feeling like he's fulfilling something. And so you've done a beautiful job of prepping that in his life. Uh, yeah, you know, I hope so. I hope so. Don't get me wrong. You know, he's in a diminished state. He's, he's sure he's been afflicted. Yes. He's not the Olympic sprinter. Right. Uh, that I thought he was going to be. But um, but but yes, he is. He's coming back, I think. And and who knows? And who knows what the future could hold? I hope it will be something really beautiful and blessed. Uh, it sounds like it. Well, Chris, as we come to a close here, maybe tell people a little bit more about the, the movie and the streaming. Uh, and we mentioned where to find find that as well as the book, but maybe you can just put that a little bit more. Sure, sure, sure. I would just say that for anybody listening who has an interest in either the film or the book, the very best way to learn more is to go to letmehavemyson.com. Let me have my son, which is the title of the book and the movie.com. Let me have my son.com. And you'll see a link there at letmehavemyson.com to buy a ticket, to buy the book if you like. And the movie is not releasing in theaters, but it is releasing only on a dedicated streaming platform that you access through that site and buy a ticket to watch the film. And it will be there for six to eight weeks. So opening day is May 24th, but it will continue to be there. And you go to the ticket site, you'll see that you can choose the day you want to watch the film and even the time. And if you have listeners outside the U.S., yes, yes well, it's available worldwide. You can watch it anywhere in the world beginning May 24th. Oh, that's great. Okay. That is fabulous. And it's funny, I didn't mention this earlier, but one of the things from the trailer that, that was sticking in my mind, because I watched it actually um, several weeks ago, and then I watched it again just the other day, and it's, you should see him run. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, and those things just stick in our hearts. And as parents, we just, yeah, yeah. We just, you know, hold on to things like that. Well, Chris, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing this. And it's a very important thing, as, as that statistic shows. You know, mental disorders are are pretty heavy, and COVID caused a lot to happen. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you sharing your story and then also putting it into a, a, you know, a film and a book so people can actually kind of dig into it a little more and understand how God worked with you in handling this and with Daniel. Right. And I would just reiterate the whole point of it all for me has been to try to comfort others, even just a little bit of comfort. Yes. That's really what I would like to accomplish with the film. For those who, you know, Jesus said in his Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn, yeah. shall be comforted. Yes. God does comfort us, you know. Well, that's something for all of us to pray for as this, this comes out, is that it could be a comfort for a lot of people. Yes. All right, Chris. Well, thank you very much. God bless you. And uh, just be praying for everything go as well as it possibly can for all of this. Thank you so much for having me on your program. Oh, loved having you on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay.